Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Zach McCoy. And it is your boy, Trev. And welcome to... Uh, we are your Oscar Grouches. Man, <laughs> off to a great start already. <laughs> Woo! And welcome to back to the Oscar C Podcast Thursday show with Thursday. We take a look at the oeuvre of a Oscar winner and knower of cinema, Mr. Martin Scorsese. And what are we watching this week, Zach? This week, we are watching George Harrison, Living in the Material World. Marty directs a comprehensive look into the life of the Quiet Beetle. Just... All right. Is this everybody's first time seeing this film? Yep. No. Wow. Yes, for me. Zach, when did you first watch this? About uh, three or four years ago, I picked up a copy, and um, yeah. I've yeah. always been a fan of George, and we'll get more into that later. So, yeah. But only my second time. Now, now it, does your copy split in the two episodes, too? It does, actually. Okay. Like, from the menu, it's like part one and part two. Okay. So you still got that at the end of episode one, where they're like, this is the end of episode one. Yeah. Okay. Flip disc over. Flip disc <laughs> over. <laughs> oh, the good old days. The good mm -hmm. old days. All These right. These kids are like, disc. <laughs> I make my children use the discs. Mm -hmm. You're going to find out. Yeah. All right. So, George Harrison living in the material ward. A little bit of Emmy breakdown. Uh, this was nominated for six Emmys. Uh, it won two of them, giving nice. one for outstanding direction for a nonfiction program. Martin Scorsese picking up an Emmy. Mm hmm. Uh, outstanding nonfiction special, uh, which is shared by the producers of this, giving uh, Martin Scorsese a second Emmy and also giving Olivia Harrison an Emmy. Oh, lovely. Nice. Uh, outstanding cinematography for nonfiction programming. Here it just <laughs> says, with no hyperlink, cinematography team. <laughs> now, nice. it won the first two. These are just ones it was nominated for. Uh, yeah. Standard outstanding picture editing for nonfiction program. David Tedeschi wins. Uh, outstanding sound editing for a nonfiction program, single or multicam, and outstanding sound mixing for a nonfiction program. Uh, Martin Scorsese also nominated for a BAFTA for best documentary film. Mm -hmm. Then there's some other things in here, including a uh, DGA nomination for Martin Scorsese. For outstanding directorial achievement in documentary. Nice. Sweet. Those are the ones we will cover. So let's talk about this film. Okay. Okay. Emmy uh, winning. Emmy winning yeah. film. That's right. Emmy winning BAFTA nominated. Okay. <laughs> George Harrison. Here we go. George Harrison. Yeah. He's, he's um, always been my favorite Beatle. Um. My my favorite Beetle and my like fourth favorite traveling Woolberry. Hmm. Very fair. Yeah. <laughs> Partially, you know, influenced the naming of eldest child combination of Harrisons out there. Uh, um. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I I like this. This is a. Uh, I think it's very good. So that's my starting entry. It was really good. <laughs> really good. 
I tell you, I don't know how I keep letting you guys convince me to watch ultra long documentaries on ultra old white guys. But <laughs> you guys somehow continue to uh, convince me to do this. But you know what? I really enjoyed this one. Uh, Hooray. He's not my favorite Beatle. Ringo Starr is still my favorite. Mm. Oh, you, Beatle, you and Leanne but, would get along on that. But I definitely love him a hell of a lot more than Paul McCartney and John Lennon. That's for sure. <laughs> So. John John Lennon's like my sixth favorite Beatle. <laughs> <laughs> After uh, Pete Best and whoever and else. Sutcliffe. Yeah. Um, I thought episode one was okay. It was cool. Episode two was really, really good. Yeah, I thought episode one was fine, but a little messy. And too lengthy. I felt like episode one was like the introduction to the good shit but like just insanely long yeah mm -hmm. you you could chop a lot out of episode one and just tack it on to episode two and make this a three-hour documentary yeah, yeah. absolutely so. what was it it was it wasn't quite four but yeah it was it was pushing it though 327 or something like that oh geez <laughs> felt longer to be honest mm. with you uh and, and it was that first half that made it feel longer because i'll tell you once the second once the second half kind of like got into gear, I was way more into this documentary than oh, I was for yeah. the first half. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. I don't know too much about the Beatles because uh, I'm just not a fan. Mm -hmm. For real. Like, I, I just don't get, I don't get the appeal. Just like I don't get the Elvis appeal. I just don't get the appeal of the Beatles. They got some songs, sure. Um but yeah, most of the songs I like coincidentally seem to be written by George Harrison that I <laughs> I didn't know, you know. Yeah. So my mom has uh, come together as one of her ringtones. So nice. <laughs> yeah, I've I've always had a, a soft spot for the Beatles, and I, I guess maybe that's why the first half just didn't interest me as much because I know too much about the Beatles, and it was like, right. all right, let's let's get through this. Yeah. Let's 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 make it through the Beatle years, because there's too much about the Beatles out there that I agree. It just felt like I was just watching everything I'd ever seen on them, and then then when it was like, all right, now we're going to talk to you about what George did after the Beatles. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about his producing life of Brian and starting the Traveling Wilburys and giving Tom Petty four ukuleles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like uh, with Bob Dylan, I had a period of my life where I very heavily listened to the Beatles. Um, you know, I started with their uh, number ones album that had all the one number one hits on it. And then I just kind of spread out into all the albums. And But I'd also say that All Things Must Pass is one of my favorite albums and my favorite post Beatles solo album. Um, so I just, I really enjoy seeing and learning more about George specifically. I, I find his, you know, the spiritualism and, you know, dealing with being a human interesting. He, he always seemed pretty sincere about it where some of the other personalities of the time may have bought more into themselves, I guess, as mm -hmm. right. the fame and the big stardom. It's a really well done documentary. Like it's a mm -hmm. nice looking documentary. I mean, of course, but you know, we've I've seen a lot of documentaries 
And one thing I've noticed from the Scorsese documentaries, I can't think of documentaries that top Scorsese as far as like how fucking pristine they look. It's crazy. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. You you got to go like Errol Morris to find anything that even rivals the the <laughs> the way he shapes his documentaries. That's true. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, you know, I was reading some of the notes about how, you know, after George passed, a lot of people were approaching Olivia Harrison about, you know, making the making a documentary, making a film about him and and she's like, "No, you know, he was he documented his own life. He wanted to do something like out of the video archive." And then she met Marty and I guess, you know, uh, impressed her enough that she gave him his blessing. And I think, you know, he uses so much archival footage and so much of, uh, George's own, um, filming and stuff throughout the film that I think it really kind of honors that desire. He probably had to have a archival story told by himself. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that's cool. Yeah. Apparently Olivia had seen, uh, the Bob Dylan No Direction Home and was so blown away by that she handpicked Marty to direct this. Oh. She said if anybody gonna do it, it's gonna be the cinema daddy himself. That's right. <laughs> she was like she was like, that Trav, he's got a point. That's a pristine <laughs> documentary filmmaker right there. <laughs> oh man, it's so true. It's hard to really pick point out stuff in this documentary. Just George is a, a a lot of stuff happened in a short amount of time. <laughs> yeah. Like just as a person, you know, him as yeah. a person, you know, really, I mean, Beatles had 13 albums and what, what, like eight 10 years. years. Like, yeah. It... They really even weren't even around that long, which is another mind blowing thing. But yeah, it's like 13 albums in 10 years or something like that. Yeah. Cause I mean, they, yeah, they essentially right. hit the American scene and like, what 63 64 and they're broken up by 70 right yeah (laughs) it's 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 wild how fast they just came and went Uh, the the ravi uh shankar stuff i uh i forget sometimes nora jones's dad Mm -hmm. biological father anyway i love me some nora jones me too she's she's coming close to here soon and i keep thinking man maybe i should go see nora jones yeah how often do you go see nora jones Yep. It's really hard to talk about them without talking about the Beatles, though. Um, yeah. Just because, you know, I've honestly, I don't think I've even heard any of his solo stuff. Mm. It's just not, he really is like the unknown Beatle. You, you haven't heard, I got my mind set on you. I got my mind set on nah. you. Nah. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that one's going to take some money. But again, I man, every time we talk about these older rock, it's just that stuff wasn't played in my house. You know what I mean? Mm, so right. I, it sounds like maybe it was played in y'all's, and that's why y'all were able yeah. to come by. And I keep thinking that Zach's wearing a Black Sabbath shirt, but I know he's not. Well, it's the oh, it's Black modeled Black after, but sold dude, by Black Sabbath. <laughs> oh, it, it is okay because yeah. it's definitely the Black Sabbath font. And, yeah, master okay. of reality. Okay, there he goes. I like that. I haven't seen um, those shirts. I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> uh, music being played in our houses. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, but it's the same for the Beatles. Like, that stuff just wasn't played in my house. Yeah. It's it's weird, the stuff that was played around my house, because the things I remember growing up on are like 
Bruce Springsteen and the Beach Boys and mm. my both both sets of my grandparents just had like piles of CDs of, and, and records of like 50s uh, like surf bands. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I yeah, listened they... to a lot of Jan and Dean. And <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> Beach Boys is my dad's favorite band. So definitely Beach... Beach Boys in the house. Well, I didn't I didn't actually have a. Uh... In my house, it was like Journey and Van Halen and <laughs> all that 80s, you know, kind of hair metal stuff. And that's crazy. I didn't even hear that stuff until high school. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's just, like, what, that's just what played on 2WD when I was a kid. So we listened to that a lot, too. <laughs> it wasn't until I was like 18 or 19 and I picked up the Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, it was like album guide and i would go mm-hmm. through and i just started like listening to everything that was like four stars and higher and i, I kind of found it on my own yeah my my dad listened to the fox the classic yeah. rock station in our area when i was like in our those... radio that's right bicycle um <laughs> so in middle school i started finding a lot of this music through that mm-hmm. yeah Dude, I don't even think I listened to a rock song like outside of wrestling until <laughs> like ninth grade. Outside of TRL. So like Blink 182 and stuff like that. But like, mm. dude, I never heard a single like Van Halen song until I was in high school. Like, I had no idea who Led Zeppelin was or, mm. and I fucking love Led Zeppelin, but I didn't get into them until high school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah i definitely yeah. wasn't listening to george harrison or the beatles i had a good friend who um i remember the first time i heard my sweet lord um featured in this documentary but a friend who his family kind of collected uh volkswagen beatles shout out to jeff if he ever listens to this <laughs> but his dad his was name's driving jeff. around his name's jeff but it's playing my sweet Lord on, on those kind of tinny old speakers in the back of the, the beetle. And I was like, this, this is, this is appropriate. It's how it should have been heard for the first time. A beetle in a beetle. Yep. Just, yeah. yeah. You know, with this documentary, it's, <laughs> I love so many of the photos that are used. I mean, say what you will about the Beatles, but I don't, I don't know if there's any group of people that have been in, uh, as uh, they're probably the most photographed people of the 20th century. And, and they have so many cool photos <laughs> just for no yeah. reason, standing in a field doing random shit or, <laughs> I mean, when you got, when you don't got to worry about your finances, Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you could just go stand in a field for a yeah. <laughs> well, and just like random <laughs> pictures of him and like these crazy temples in India, you know. I, yeah. Honestly, man, if you're white and you got all these pictures all around the world, it's because you got money. Let's just, yeah. Let's just be real about it. So, yeah, I don't know, man. The guy seems, I still think a lot of that stuff is like, he he's a little off his rocker, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Getting, getting famous and rich that fast with that amount of attention could do that to you. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, the drugs. Yeah. Alcohol. Yeah. 
what was it where they talk about LSD where he's like the happiest that he'd uh, ever felt like all compressed into one was that LSD. Yeah, I think it's so. a nice uh, endorsement for it. And that was yeah. towards the end of their run. Yeah, the Beatles mm. run is what the was it like Yellow Submarine. That's close to that's their second to last <laughs> album, right? Somewhere, somewhere around there. Yeah. Be it. You know, that's those late sixties when they started experimenting and getting a little weirder with their right. stuff. The White Album is their first like experimental album, right? Uh, uh Sergeant uh, Pepper. Peppers. Oh, yeah. Sergeant Pepper. Okay. Now yeah. was I can't remember the timeline, but I know it was towards the end of the Beatles run when George started writing more of the mm-hmm. s- stuff, whereas yeah. before he just wasn't. Yeah, they it, say interested. Um, you know, I definitely ain't gonna take Paul McCartney's word for any face value that he says. <laughs> Not saying that he's saying it to lie, but just like his point of view might be a little off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah george got like, just got more confidence as it went on yeah and it doesn't sound like he was like the most proficient as they started and got going as the journeyman mm-hmm. and all that so yeah i i could see like once once you're you're playing like sold out arenas that it's kind of like oh you know what i might be better at this than i thought right yeah 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 but I mean, you cut that one scene where they're interviewing Phil Spector and he's like, oh, God, George is like, yeah, yeah." George is like, hey, uh, I got a couple of songs that I think I could make it to an album. And we go to his house and he has hundreds of them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know a lot of the people that they interviewed. So do you know much about Phil Spector? No, dude, I don't. I don't know who that guy is. Again, I don't know who any of these old white guys are that are in this documentary. Like Phil Spector is one of the greatest uh, producer, like music producers of all time. He created what was called the wall of sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he produced a lot of like, like Motown yeah, hits that you're probably actually very familiar with, which is wild because I never would have guessed that from looking at him. Yeah, no, yeah. it's yeah, it's yeah. it's wild. Um, but yeah. you know, like a lot <laughs> of white producers, he he uses black people to get famous and then starts producing like people like George Harrison, right? Um, uh, so when this, I got to find this quote, this quote was hilarious. When, when, when they filmed this documentary, uh, he, what he was currently on trial for murder. Yeah. I think, yeah. You got to get into that. Cause how old was that clip? It, hold on. I've, I've got to find this quote because it, it is so this is crazy. Funny. Yeah. Reading yeah, him, this whole thing. Him being in this movie uh, probably shouldn't have happened. Probably not. Is he uh, dead now? He, he died last year, so yeah. Yep. In prison. Uh, I believe so. Hopefully. Um, Phil Spector. Okay. All right. So this is this is a quote on IMDb. Okay. Released in 2011, George Harrison Living in the Material World includes an interview with music producer Phil Spector, who in 2009 was sentenced to 19 years to life for the murder of actress Lana Clarkson. 
Asked how the meeting with Mr. Spector was arranged, producer Nigel Sinclair said, quote, we were able to capture that interview before he was no longer available to us, which was a very euphemistic way of saying it, isn't it? End quote. So he was in prison. He was probably on his way on his to way. prison. Yeah. But Marty had nothing to do with that particular, not that it matters. Phil Spector's lovely mugshot here. You know. Dude, I've seen what he looks like now. When, when you look, at first I saw an old picture of him back in the day. Mm-hmm. Back like mm-hmm. in the 40s and 50s. He looked like a nice stand-up gentleman. Yep. And you know, now looking at him, I'm like, yeah, he definitely looks like he shot that chick in the mouth. Like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. I got no God. doubt about it. Look at this man. Yep. <laughs> uh, eh, he's just... Makes me, me want to watch that uh, HBO movie with uh, Al Pacino playing Phil Spector. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do remember like seeing a picture of him with the wig. It's just like, yep. Yep. Oh, okay. So John Turturro's character was based off of him in Grace of My Heart. Oh, I yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking okay. maybe if, like, you know. Gotcha. Comp- that makes a yeah. little more sense. Hmm. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Yeah, like oh. the Ram- the Ramones did an album with him. Yeah, I saw that. They were in like two different places when they made the album. So like the Ramones were like I mean, for a bunch of guys who just love the Ronettes and wanted to make an album with the guy who produced the Ronettes, it uh-huh. was a really bad experience. Mm. <laughs> That's how it goes. Never meet your heroes. Oh. Okay. So he's also won a Grammy for yeah, I mean he was well decorated. Concert that they talked about. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. That's that's enough uh, about Phil. He's overshadowing yeah. George right now. Yeah, that's right. Phil's dead. <laughs> Phil's dead. Hooray! <laughs> Outlived George though. Yeah, he did. It's a damn shame. You know, one thing about George, not to be superficial, but he always looked older than he was. Yeah. I mean, he was only fifty-eight when he died. I mean, I know cancer can really age you pretty fast too, but yeah. He always looked a little older than he was. What about that story of that guy breaking into their house? Holy oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah, and this movie grossed zero dollars. <laughs> zero dollars in the United States. Because in the United States, it uh, it was released on HBO. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was funny that the Wikipedia had that. Zero dollars. Zero dollars. <laughs> because it's like, it's not how... The, why would they do that? You know, they don't do that for TV movies. Right. Yeah, right. On Wikipedia. So it's like, that's like putting up an HBO show and just being like, yeah, this thing grossed zero dollars. Zero dollars. <laughs> Nobody went to see this at the theater. Because <laughs> it wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I also yeah. really like the, uh, um, the, 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 like the poster, the theater poster, whatever you mm. want to call it. Yeah. Um, I don't know where that picture's from. But it's a cool, cool picture of him, like, in the water, but fully clothed for some reason. <laughs> Is that a famous yeah. picture of him or something? Or I'm not sure. I, I mean, I had never seen it before, but that doesn't mean anything. Well, it's crazy because it looks so good, but clearly it's a picture that was taken in the 60s. Right. When you look at it, so. Yeah. At least in the early 70s. But I don't know. Yeah. 
I mean, you got stuff from Eric Clapton in there too. We won't talk too much about him, but it's just an inter- another interesting part of his life where, you know, the inspiration of Layla and, you know, the love triangle and all that. I was thrilled when within like the first five minutes of this movie, they were interviewing Terry Gilliam. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. That was incredible. Yeah. I mean, this was good. It was interesting. But really, outside of that, I really don't have anything to say about it. Like, it's a documentary about. George Harrison, like, yeah, man so. had a wild life. Yeah. And I find it interesting. And that's, uh, it's about all more. I'll say, if you have any interest in the Beatles or George himself or sixties and seventies culture in particular, something I out. do, something I do want to say about, uh, these like documentaries or even movies that come out like today. I know this came out in 10 years ago, but it's still like newish. Um, whenever they like use old songs in movies, they just sound so good. Like, how come we're not released those new remasters? Like, if if you go to like your streaming thing, it'll be like remaster twentieth edition, but it don't sound like it did on this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. How come we mm. don't get that stuff? I don't know. I want Maybe. that stuff. Maybe Marty's seeking out the originals. Oh, no, they definitely get the... The masters. The original masters, for sure, Mm. and they clean that shit up. Yeah. You know, and I was just thinking about it, too, because, you know, I just saw Thor, Love and Thunder, and they got the Guns N' Roses, and and Ragnarok, it had, you know, the Black Sheep by Led Zeppelin. It's like their main big song in it. Mm. And, like, dude... That song don't sound that good. Like I love that song, but it don't sound that good like it does in the movie. Like that shit fucking knocks in the movie, bro. So like, I would like to hear these versions of the Beatles songs they were playing in the movie. Like them shits was loud and in your face, and I was I was like, damn. Yep. Yeah, I need that production. All right. We got any other notes? No, nope, that's it. All right. Well, let's move on to the worsty judgments. Where's this sitting on your Thursday ranking? So I ranked this uh, four and a half star. Like, damn, this movie was really good. I was going to give it a four, but I really was like, it just looks too good to give it a, a four. Like, it's too lengthy, but damn, it's good. So I gave it four and a half. Stars, it's sitting at my 15th spot right underneath the color of money and right above bringing out the dead. Zach, where's the sitting for you? So, I um, I was looking here trying to decide whether I was putting it in front of or behind uh, No Direction Home because I think I, I personally find this more interesting than No Direction Home, but I don't know which one is quote-unquote better or more important as far as like documenting culture but i've decided i'm going to put it right in front of no direction home at number six and i gave it five stars because i love it and i think it's perfectly made so number six five stars and mr workman um i did give this four stars i really think the first half is a drag and it's a mess and it's it Almost made me want to just not watch the second half, but I'm glad I did because the second half was very good. 
Yeah. So I, I think the second half really saves the whole project. Uh, and I honestly could have just done without the first half. If it was just the second half, I'm giving it five stars. Yeah, I can but understand because, that. Because the first half's in there, I think it drags down the average because I'm giving the first half three stars. I gave the whole project four. Okay. Like Travis said. It's too long. It's too messy. Uh, I have it down at number 41. I It's the bottom of my four stars. I have it right over Boxcar Bertha and right under New York, New York. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to call it there. Trav, you want to let people know where they can find you on the media social? Of course. As always, you can find me on the Instagram at ZK Audio. I am also on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-E-K, where I'm also on Letterboxd. I'm rating, I'm ranking my daily movie watches. And like I mentioned earlier, your boy just got back from the theater. I saw Thor, Love and Thunder, and I loved it. That Christian Bale is something else. Let me just say that. Mm. My Mm. God, he is so good. Yeah. Yeah, The amount of characters that he has played over the years, you know, uh, you know, obviously Batman, but American Psycho. And who the fuck was he in the the political dude? The politician. Uh, Vice. Uh, Dick Cheney. Oh, Dick, Dick Cheney. Cheney. Like, <laughs> and now this. Like, damn, man. This guy's played so many characters. And, he played and is 1,000% believable in all yeah. of them. It is wild. And he, yep. and he did the sandworm in Doom. And like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Put on a lot of weight for that one. Yep. Oh, God. Huh. So, all right. Yeah. Zach, where can people find you? Find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok at House Havoc, Letterboxd by searching my name. I didn't watch anything else this week other than podcast stuff, so. Mr. Workman! Uh, you can find me at Father of Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where I'm keeping a running tally of all the films I watch. And this week, I went and saw The Black Phone, the new mm. Scott Derrickson film based off of the too. Joe Hill show, short story. I really enjoyed that movie. So good. But I like everything that uh, Derrickson does. So Yeah, I, I don't think he's made a bad movie so far. No, he hasn't. It's insane. Sinister is amazing. Dude, Sinister is so good. Yeah, and uh, this movie performed really well, and they said that they already wrote a prequel script if this movie did well. So oh. I can't wait to get some backstory on the grabber. Get some more grabber. Dude, Ethan, because obviously, <laughs> you, you know, what's it called? Ethan Hawke's just so good as this guy. Yeah, no, he's he's incredible. Yeah. I mean, he's an incredible actor, one way or the other, but he... For some reason, him just like hanging around Blumhouse and being thrown into whatever they got going on has been very fruitful for. I was gonna for say, him. and somehow it's the only good Blumhouse stuff that they seem to put out. So you know, <laughs> the win-win. Uh, excellent. All right, Zach, what are we watching next week? Next week we are watching The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> what about Spec? Yep, which you can rent on Amazon. Uh, Paramount Plus, you can stream it there. Philo, YouTube, Voodoo, on Sling TV. I'm all out of order here. <laughs> Damn, is it not on Netflix no more? They had that shit on Netflix forever. Forever. I told you, Back every time that we got a movie coming up, it gets taken off the platform. Netflix, Netflix is like, we're not giving these guys free reign. Nope. Oh. But yep. All right, so Trent. 
time. Thank you so much. Hey, anytime. For producing our show and being from our sister podcast, Benjamin Banks. Yep. We like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our art, beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at OscarsThePod and on Facebook, the OscarsThePodcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Really helps us to be seen in the all-almighty algorithm. Voting out algorithm because the sunrise doesn't last all morning. Beautiful. So, four. Zach and Olivia Harrison for putting together a pretty good document. I would like for you all to have a damn fine day.